0: Welcome to the Nehemiah Entrepreneurship Community Podcast. I'm your host, Patrice Sage. I'm here back with me in studio, my good friends, uh Mrs. and Mr. or Mr. and Mrs. Caperna, Al and Kathy. Welcome, guys, to the podcast.
1: Well, we're glad to be here. Glad Thank to you. Be
0: here. You know, guys, uh, in preparing, this is part two. We're be we're talking about uh saying yes together. Um, and we invited Kathy to deal with, we wanted to just Check the facts to make sure Al was telling us the truth. And so far, so, so far, so good. We, so far, it's, it seems like he was telling us the truth, actually. Uh, he wasn't an exaggerating Italian. So, so, but I, I want to do a little recap because as I was listening to the podcast with you guys, I, I really enjoyed it. And I, and I took some notes. If you have not listened or watched the last podcast with Al and And Kathy, go back and listen to it. It's on our YouTube channel, it's on our blog. It's also on, you know, um, all the podcast stations. But, um, you know, we we learned there that even when Kathy was not physically in the business, she was there, her presence was felt. They were partners. Um, They were partners in all things. And, um, and the though, Kathy married an entrepreneur. Um, she, she never worried, that's interesting, um, because she she knew that whatever it takes, Al was gonna figure it out. I mean, she had this undying confidence in her husband, which is great. Uh, she trusted him. Uh, it's interesting, she, made, she said her mom saw something in him. Others thought Al was questionable, but mom saw <laughs> something in him. Kathy, I guess mom was right, wasn't Wasn't she?
2: Yeah, she was. And when she saw something in him, it was when he still had long curly hair and bib overalls during the uh, early 70s.
0: (laughs) Wow. So the mom was like, gosh, she looked to the heart and not the physique (laughs) of the man. And she saw the only mom can do that. Uh, They were great friends uh, before they were lovers. It's actually, should be told, Al stole Kathy from this other guy. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> uh, they were great friends, um, and one other point that uh, Kathy made was that Al was a great—you um, know—he always cared for the family provision. But there was a one point though that Kathy was the provider, and that's interesting. You know, she financed this guy go into entrepreneurship. She kept bread on the table, wasn't a whole lot of money, but it was not to feed them. Yep. And Al, hey, she got stuck in that gig. So Al, <laughs> if you ever. Leave her. You owe her a whole lot of money, brother, because uh, <laughs> her investment's paid back. well. Yeah, I was
2: gonna say I'm. I'm paid well now.
0: Patrice. <laughs> oh man, you <she>, awesome. <laughs> that was a good investment. So I, I guess the I guess you also knew a good investment. You saw one, didn't you, Kathy?
2: I did, but I was also probably looking more at the at the person.
0: At the person, awesome. So because he was broke. <laughs> So but he, but,
2: he was a worker, Patrice. I knew between the two of us, we didn't need much to survive, but we would do it.
0: Awesome. And what's interesting uh, is that uh, Kathy, I mean, you were content just being with Al, and that's an interesting thing as well about the process. And he's giving you more than than just contentment. Um, they established their priorities early. That was another thing that we learned. So so as a result, as the Lord blessed them financially. It never changed who they were and it never took them in. in the stuff never had them. And that's an interesting thing. Uh, that, that was interesting. Um, they complimented each other. He's a warrior and she's a fun loving person. So, interesting enough, we were just earlier talking about how Italians like to have fun and the British and the Burma are serious. But you kind of flipped it. So you are an Italian wannabe. Now I see where it came from. <laughs> I,
2: am. I am. I get him to, to become less serious and, you know, take off his shoes and run through the flowers, so to speak.
0: <laughs> I love it. And then, um, you know, essentially you made you taught, and you did it this way, but you taught the children how to honor their husband. I mean, your husband or their father, even when he was not present. So it was always a we thing. And that's important mm. for entrepreneurs, right? Entrepreneurs' wives. And you never resented him not, but you were partners, essentially. It was a divide and conquer uh, kind of uh, scenario. They incorporated the children. Uh, There's some things they learned to do what they did well, some things that didn't do so well. And what I love about your, your, the first podcast is your transparency, your vulnerability, you kind of help us to really understand. So today, I, I want to talk about transitioning the kids and the business beyond yourselves, right? Um, okay. Because those kids have transitioned, and um, you you both are now uh, empty nesters, Am I am I right? Yep.
2: We we don't like that term, but we, we are.
0: Yeah doesn't describe like, the experience. Because
2: it doesn't describe, we both said when the kids were all gone, now they're 41, 39, and 36. But when they left for college and we were still very active in the community and in our church, it's only empty nest if you choose it to be. There were plenty of kids we would bring home for Sunday for lunch. But every now and then that we had to kick them out. You know, they didn't want to leave.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about first, nest. The kids. So you have three kids. So tell us what do they do today? Where are they now? Kind of thing. I hate to make it about them, but tell them that it was my fault. Right. Um, but where are they now? Tell us about the kids. What are they doing before we talk about the journey?
1: Well, you know, Patrice, one of the things that, um, the verse I studied for years was train a child up in their ways. And really what we began to think about was, okay, what is, what are God's plans for our children? Not what are our plans? so our goal was to help our kids really come to the place where God had for them. And one of the things we realized along the way is they really did not want or have the mantle for the authority and the responsibility that we had, we had created. So we didn't push them in that direction, Patrice. We tried to help them to on the direction that we felt was that God's plan for their life. That's, that's an important, that's an important topic for, for people that, we say we have a big wake in our life and our kids really didn't want to be in that boat.
2: And, and we never wanted to, you see businesses today that where, you know, the son or the daughter is running it, but it really wasn't their calling by God to do it. And then there's a lot of people that suffer because of that, including your own children. So our girls knew right up front that we were never pushing them in that role. And we said, well, we'll see who they marry if God's called them but none of our son-in-laws had that mantle or that calling.
0: So so question for you guys, when you realize that this business may not, it's not never too late, you never know, but that may not stay in the family because none of the kids, you know, are interested. Was that tough to reconcile? Was it easy to reconcile? was it? How did you process that when that became clear that that may be a possibility?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, talk about being transparent. So you know, our, our kids. When our kids, if our kids see this podcast, but yeah, it was it was tough. Uh, sure, we would have loved to have had a. I would have loved to have a son, Patrice, that followed in my footsteps, or a daughter that really, you know, wanted to be a leader and wanted to take on a responsibility like this. But that's not what the Lord gave us so you know in life um in life you you take what you're given and make the most out of it right now this this is not a second um i remember one time i was walking praying and i i kind of was talking to god about something God said, i have a plan for their life and god says i do too (laughs) (laughs) and my plans are more important and and your plans have to be second that's right you know with your kids you really need to ask god what his plans for their life are not what your plans for their lives are. Mm.
2: And our our kids, our girls and our son-in-laws, we've always been very honest and open with them as they've seen how successful the business became or several of our businesses. But God has been really gracious to Al that without a son, I probably wanted a son for him more than he even did when they were younger. But God has given him several adopted sons And um, one of them works in our business right now. And he totally represents the culture of our business. So we early on knew we had to pray and ask for God to bring someone into the business that could carry on what God had started. And our kids have been all a part of that process. So it wasn't like a big surprise. Um, And our one son-in-law works in the business, but he never wanted to be He didn't even really want me. He loves his IT position. He didn't want what Al does. So um, I think honesty from the early on with our girls and them not feeling the pressure was critical.
0: Sometimes uh, kids, part of the choice of not continuing it because I know for my kids, for instance, my my daughter, she says, Daddy, I kind of see what you do. And I'm sorry. I don't want it. You know. Mm-hmm. that, that yeah. because of how we did it it was all consuming for us and they're like i, I want a little more balance in my life and and then and then obviously sometimes is it's just pure gifting and their own passion and and many times it's a combination of both right it's like what you know i know that part of you train them up the way they ought to go uh but how much of it of it was also kind of saying dad, mom i kind of saw what you guys did and I'm not,
1: you know, I don't want all that. Yeah, well, well, like our oldest daughter, she sees the amount of um, challenges a leader has and the amount of conflict a leader has. She goes, I I don't want that. Yeah. You know, as you know, being a leader, people don't like to recognize uh, how much conflict you have to deal with. And I had someone say to me one time, Al, you seem to enjoy conflict. I said, no, I
0: don't enjoy it. I just don't avoid it. There it is. And that's leadership. Right. Wow. That's leadership.
2: When our daughter was, she's a tremendous second person. She was, when she, before she had children, she was Al's, he, on the side, kind of his admin that would help us with all our international travel and being the one with the boots on the ground here when we were out of the country. So if you need a support person, boy, she's your girl, but she never, ever wanted the risk. And she's married to the IT man that works in our business.
0: Wow, that's incredible. So where are they now? So tell us a bit about what each of them are doing now. And then I, Professor says, amen, amen. And I wanna not come back to when they left the house. So where are the kids now? What are they doing today?
1: oldest daughter's a mother, she has two kids and she's involved in the community with her friends. She, She unfortunately had some medical issues a number of years back and after that, um, she chose uh, to re- not stay working, so her and her husband, her husband is a breadwinner there, and she works for me part time. She does a lot of our accounting and tax work, and uh, she manages our our uh, donor Donation. advisory fund, our donations. But she's very involved in the community. We get we run into people all the time that said, "Oh, you know, your daughter did this. Or, your daughter was here doing that." So she's out there serving and caring for people.
2: But we would never know it. She's so. Price. She likes to be that unseen person. She also, he didn't say, but she has a almost 16 year old and a 12 year old. So her heart is turned towards home as it needs to be.
1: Raising yeah. the girls. Our middle daughter uh, is married and in North Carolina and her and her husband started a business together, which has been very successful. And they work together and she is the salesperson and kind of the manager. And then he manages the production side or the, the, uh, work side of it. And they've done very well. They chose not to have children, which um, was a decision that they made that, you know, that we obviously blessed, agreed, you know, support them. In. It's
2: not our choice. It's but they've, they've got their own,
1: they got their own business. And they've got, you know, four or five employees. And they're enjoying that and uh, making that making that part of their life. But she's done, you know, she also serves she's uh, up until COVID. She used to do um, wheel meals on wheels and Serving the community, and they get involved in the local business networks down there. And
2: she's a real salesman. She she has my father's spirit as far as she could sell anything,
1: wow. and
2: she also loves animals. So she works with an animal program that helps put dogs with vets, vet, vet uh, veterans, and she, they foster dogs on the weekend. So their kids tend to be four four legged.
1: <laughs> wow. The- our youngest daughter uh, got married. She was a uh, part of YWAM and met her husband on tour in Fiji.
2: Hmm.
1: Um, but he actually was from California, another country.
2: We always, we told her sisters because <laughs> they didn't get to meet him until just before the wedding. And I said, well, he is from another country. We call it California. Because <laughs> 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 when you live in the Midwest, California definitely is another country.
1: Well, you're, uh, they're doing well he they also have their own business so that he uh, helped them get it started in a business and um, he also is doing podcasts on being transformed so one of his real focuses on life is to help people overcome the mental challenges that we that hold us back
2: his main thing is change the way you think and change your life basically and uh, she used to work with al before they had their four children. She used to help kind of co-work with Jenny, our oldest. And now- It she, takes a lot
1: of people to keep it going. It does,
2: it does. Well, <laughs> the problem Patrice is whenever he had a great admin or an administrative assistant, someone else in the business would need one. So he'd give him, give that person, you know, say, well, you can, I'll just do my own things. Well, then Jenny and Carolyn would help fill in. But Carolyn, now we encouraged her that it's great that she can help her husband as well as they are homeschooling nine, seven, five, and a two year old. So their hands are very, very full.
0: I love it. I love how, because the security you gave them as a a stay at home mom, now they're following that legacy, right? And that's awesome. Uh, But um, I know for my, I have two girls, for my girls, my oldest, um, she, uh, she's had conversations about her mom, with her mom, sorry, about the fact that her perception was that mom kind of was always behind the scene. You know, she said, you guys started this together, but why, you know, it's always about dad, you know. And so, so when her and I talked, I remember one day you guys were like this, so she was assisting me. So she, um, like you, would assist me from time to time. And so I needed to get a letter out. So I said, uh, so I'll be an addicted letter to her. And she stopped. She said, but daddy, can't you just write it yourself? <laughs> <laughs> I said, I said uh, baby, that's why you're here. She said, yeah, but that, that's so condescending. Kind of I mean, just write it, just write the letter. I mean, you, how are you gonna tell me what to write? And so I said, baby, that's what it, that you, right now you're my assistant. And so we had this interaction and she went ahead, she did it, but she was like, you could have just written yourself because for her and then her and i talked she said but daddy you know i i i i, I don't like to be, to to feel like i'm 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 the the what is she, well, i don't forget the terms she use but for her it's feeling a sense of equality pride and is very important to her and so we had that conversation and so so how did how has maybe your husband did a better job of honoring you and so you they, they didn't see it that way from, from you guys' standpoint. But how was your kids' percep- perception coming up? Did they value what mom did as equals dad? Did they see that you guys were indeed equal? Or did they perceive that because he was an upfront guy? Somehow the light kind of shone a little bit more on him.
1: You know, there's a line that uh, a lot of husbands have used before, but when our girls were teenagers, I used to say to them, That's my wife you're speaking to. (laughs) That's that's not just your mom. That's my wife. That's right. You guys behave.
2: We we were very, very clear that you don't ask dad for one thing and then ask me for something. Um, They never, I guess the biggest thing I'll never forget when when they were young and then even as they were old, Al would come home and say, your job is so much harder than mine. And they would hear that. And they would see that the reason I could do the things for them was because of the support I had from him. Mm -hmm. And they also knew that even when we didn't have a lot of money, exercise is really important to me. I'm a different person when I exercise. And um, he always made, Al had priorities. And no matter, as an entrepreneur, he never was married to the business. He was committed to God and then our family and then came the business. And that was clear our whole married life. And it still is, even when he gets these amazing opportunities to do things, he puts it all through that filter. So that's how I was, it was easy to say yes. And it was easy to stay married to this man um, in the midst of him building all these things. But I always felt valued. I I, I mean, I, and to this day, um, he honors me in front of them. Uh we always said it we have to be very careful because no one can take you down to your knees like your spouse. Either way. That's right. So watch your words in front of your kids.
0: So let's talk about the kids leaving home. So first it was college. And typically so talk about the experience of the first one. Did that did they go in for college or did that stay local? The first one?
1: The oldest one stayed local. She's okay. university
0: well, in a university in our town.
2: But that she. Was she lived in the dorm and we treated it like she was 2 hours away.
0: Ah, let's talk about that. How difficult was that first transition, that oldest first one leaving home for college?
2: Uh you know, we we
1: we say a line about uh, young women that leave the home. A lot of times they want to tear the nest apart before they leave so they feel good that they've left that mess behind them. <laughs>
2: It's true, so, and that helps the parent. They're like going, "Okay, get out of the nest, go, yeah. go, go."
1: So it, it was, it was as it should be. It wasn't, it wasn't that hard for us. We've always kind of say that's that's as it should be, and <laughs> you know, we raise up our children for release, yeah. for release. And if we're not prepared to release them, then we really haven't done a good job raising them. So. And- what
2: was-
0: Go ahead, Kathy.
2: Well, I was just gonna say, and the best thing I remember about our oldest daughter leaving is, of course we still had two left at home, is she came when she would come home, and it was always on her terms. I never you know, pushed that. She would call me to meet for lunch and she would come home and watch her sisters and go, you better treat mom better than that. You don't know what you have here. And I'm like going, whoa, this is exciting. <laughs> <laughs> what
0: happened, not yet an advocate. So when my oldest left home, we thought that it was going to be more difficult for my wife it it ended up being more difficult for me i got a little bit more emotional how was it for you guys which one took it harder
1: well the oldest one i mean we were kind of prepared for that i think the youngest one was the hardest I'm um, the, so the second two. So I remember one, we dropped our second daughter off. So of the college. second
2: one was really surprising. And uh, I
1: walk around the back of the van and my youngest daughter's there and I start crying. And then she goes, I'm never leaving home. I'm not doing that to dad. <laughs>
2: so, it was funny because our middle daughter was the least. Um, I mean, we didn't. She was ready to go, excited to go. And her older sister and younger sister got her dorm room all ready. They're the organizers. And when Al and Amy came around the car to say goodbye, and they were both in tears, we went, whoa. <laughs> and that's when the youngest said, you're not leaving me on some sidewalk and driving away. But she, in turn, did go to a Christian college, and it was the right right so thing.
1: We're driving away from that college.
2: And, and we're all crying. And then. we're
1: starting to cry, and there's some, <laughs> someone st- walks in front of the car. And I go, can't you see we're crying in here? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Because <laughs> Carolyn was the baby. you know, She's five years younger than our oldest and two and a half from our middle. And we were all in the car. We all took her to college, the last one. And we were all crying. It was really pathetic. Um, the middle one was probably the one I, probably because she had the most friends that came and went in the house. So I didn't just miss her. I missed all her friends.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with that, let's talk about now, Kathy, for you, what it meant. So as entrepreneurs, right? When the children, when the last one leaves, there's this margin you kind of get back as a couple, as family, but then there's, because your primary role was caring for them, Kathy. So how was that for you now having to repurpose in this new reality?
2: Um, I was very careful. I was concerned because I was involved in the school. I was involved in, you know, supporting Al, but we were so entrenched in their activities as well. And he always made it to all their activities, worked his travel around that. But um, I think I was intentional to not just jump into things, but I did wonder, I go, what am I, I'm a retired stay-at-home mom for crying out loud. But... um, It's amazing. I would pray a lot that God would show me what I was supposed to get involved with. And I didn't realize what was ahead of us in terms of international travel. So had I I did end up volunteering uh, more. I was working with as a special needs teacher in my past. I worked with uh, horse therapy and children with autism. Uh, But then we started traveling and I was available to go with him because I hadn't gotten involved in too many things that I would have had to say no to.
0: I love it. And, and Al, how was that for you, you having to, you know, less adjustment for you, but now having to also adjust to recognizing what it meant for your wife?
1: Uh, I try, We try to be sensitive. I try to always find out, again, uh, as a husband, my job is to make sure that she completes all that Christ had for her also. And one of the things that I enjoyed was she liked going with me when we traveled or spoke. Because we traveled for a couple of decades, Patrice, not maybe as much as you, but a lot. And uh I was one of the few speakers that came that brought their wives. Mm. Even when when I wasn't speaking. Almost every speaker that came went alone. And my wife was with me. And that created phenomenal opportunities for my wife to minister overseas and to talk to people and create relationships and give a different view of this whole world that we talk about. So it was, it was a great
2: blessing. Awesome. It also caused other people, We as we walked with some different people in different business and ministry uh, situations, they started going, oh, I guess I could ask my wife to come. Wow. Now, I will say, some wives don't want to be involved in all that. They like their life and they like their husband doing his thing.
1: And that's not wrong either. It's
2: not wrong at all. But for us, I loved he's always been good at keeping me in tune with what's going on, even though I wasn't working in the business.
1: Well, she'd end up now speaking at a lot of these places. We went, they'd, they'd start to plan the agendas around her and she'd actually have a slot to speak at. Wow.
2: That was not my desire. That's why <laughs> when you say these are going to be heard by a lot of people, I said, I'll out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I, I do want to share this though. You're right. It is not wrong. This separate, but just working with couples who've dealt with issues, I have found that one of the most common denominator of issues is what I call having less shared experiences and more customized individual experiences. So I would say as a best practice, this is a best practice, Uh, you know, because you often don't find couples cheat on on the other when they're together. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably very true. It's a little difficult. You yeah. know, you are, because, so I think that as a best practice, um, having more, obviously, as much as suits the, the the gifting, the personality and the circumstance, more shared experience. I, I think, unfortunately, I found many couples, particularly now Western American culture, really have, have all these custom individual experiences, which yeah. d- does harm to the marriage. So I would say what you gotta do was the best practice. Let's not talk about them transitioning from college to actually being independent adults. Cause that's yeah. another interesting transition, married, career, and so forth. So let's start with the oldest. How was that transition like? Cause that was the first to make that leap. Well, you know, um, how about it?
1: talk about marriage for just a second. When our oldest daughter actually found the man she was going to work with or marry. Mary,
0: yeah.
1: um, we was praying about it. And I really felt like the Lord telling me that this is the man you've prayed for all his life. Wow. So when, when our daughters were married or born Patrice, we began to start praying for their, their, spouse. their spouses when they were born. So how That's how important we felt that was. So when Thank our you. oldest daughter met her, now husband, I really feel like God said, this is the guy you prayed for all his life. You didn't know him; you hadn't even met him yet, but this is where your prayers were going.
2: We also found out that that when he was born, his mother was sharing a room because he's a year older than our oldest daughter. We visited our pastor and his wife because they just had a little boy. And right next in the bed next to him was our son-in-law Andy's mom with baby Andy. So- We said, well, we met him before we ever knew him. (laughs) We met him
0: the first
1: week he was alive and didn't even know it. Look at God.
2: So that has been a real assurance to us. I want to back up on one of the things you were talking about, our shared things. Something Al and I have shared with our girls in, in their married life, as well as something we've been very intentional about. It's good for couples to find things, not just in work, but in play that they can enjoy together. And that takes effort sometimes. I mean, I probably i love going for a walk maybe more than maybe i might but we do that together or we find things fortunately we like to do a lot of things together but that's something couples it needs intentionality to find like even our oldest daughter he loves to golf so she used to ride along in the golf cart she didn't want to golf but finding things you can do together
0: oh that's critical that's critically important so Marriages, so let's actually, because of my time, let's deal with each aspect down marriages. So as they transition in married life, you guys have been praying for them. So for you guys, it was um, an easy transition. Right. Yeah. Question, I hate to ask this, but let me kind of ask this. So um, how, uh, you guys were praying for it, but what was the biggest challenge in in that transition as they're all being married off
1: uh, well I, you know obviously the biggest challenge is a dad is really letting go of the authority that you have in your kids lives mm. and transition it to their husbands and we talk about the fact that we've had to have multiple tongue surgeries because we bit them so often
2: we bite our tongues <laughs> because you really i think married children can be it's challenging and we have two that live in town And as Al shared earlier, we make a big wake. Fortunately, their names are different than ours, which is actually a good thing. But we always encouraged our girls, like one of our daughters would come and ask dad for something and and advice. And Al would say, it'd probably be good if you asked your husband that when Mm. they were early married. Now, that isn't an issue now as much, but. Wow. uh, but it is a challenge. Got to love your love your married kids and not give advice unless they ask.
0: <laughs> I love it. reinforcing the authority of that husband of uh, uh, or reinforcing that other mate. That's that's a good one. That's a real good one. Now let's talk about career as they're all trends in careerhood. What was the biggest challenge there for you guys? Oh, we've had some fun. I mean, my one daughter, my oldest daughter,
1: graduated in early childhood development in January, which means she couldn't get a job until August or September. So she went to work for us in one of our companies, um, created a product line that still is part of our company today. This is 25 years later. Wow. And then ended up, ended up never really going into teaching. Wow. So the fun part is, you know, I hired her. She she had a, a spot in the company and did a great job. So that was a great, and she knew the business
0: because she's, you know, the kids were around helping, but that was a, it's something we still talk about today. What's awesome, what you just said there, is one of the opportunities or advantages of being a family business or being an entrepreneur is that even if your children never take over or never work for, but they always have a place to come. And if you've taught them well, they have a place to come and add value, not come because it's our parents, but come and add value. And oftentimes, uh, well done, they have a level of commitment, appreciation, and contribution that's unique just because they're family. Isn't that, haven't you found it to be true?
1: Well, because they're loyal. I mean, they're loyal to you, they're going to defend you, they're going to defend what you're doing. Um, and that's been a tremendous blessing. And well, my wife used to work out there, and uh, she would say, Don't those people know I sleep with you? I mean, the
2: things <laughs> people would tell me, it was just so funny. It was really funny. Of course, I love it punch the clock and that used to drive our investors nuts you know i go no i'm going to get paid with this position you know interestingly enough al did help our you know guide our kids that went into business for themselves but then you've got to back away and let them learn some things because um we don't want we want them to lean on each other and only he's very careful directing them because that that's not our place now. Here's a
1: line I learned doing prison, working in prisons, Patrice, with some of the people that the keeper can't be the teacher. Ooh, I love it. And it's, it, and it really, I didn't understand that until transition here, but you realize that at some point you really have to let someone else train your kids.
0: Yeah. Well
1: you, have to, so. you have to back away. So you were spent our lives being the keeper. A lot of times the keeper can't be the teacher. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And
2: that love just love them.
0: Just love them. That is tough for parents, particularly parents like us who are teaching others who are really right was right. going back to your point, bite the tongue, right? Right. Um, you know, and, and my wife um is highly opinionated and and she's and she's she loves her kids to a fault. And so oftentimes I've had to say, honey, um she, they're not asking you for your advice, they're just telling you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. You know, just just. it's said, "But no, no, just just. You know, because if you go too far in there, we're going to own the process, and we don't want to own that process."
2: Right. <laughs> right. Well, because and of- I'm fortunate. You, it's good to surround yourself with other married couples mm-hmm. that are doing it well. That's you know, right. Like if I'm if I need to share the difficulty of you know walking carefully. I get encouragement from a friend that's doing the same thing with their married kids.
0: You got it, you got it. Wow. We're talking to Al and Kathy Caperna, the owners of the CMC group. We talking about this topic, this renovation, but we're dealing with saying yes together part two and really dealing with th- this idea of how they brought their children um, you know, beyond the business into careerhood, into marriage, into school. Let's deal with grandparenting so how's how was that dynamic like and how's it been oh we love it it's we're, a reward for it.
2: three teenage girls patrice it's a reward <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a,
1: one of the things that i realized as grandparenting is the spiritual impact you can have on your grandkids might even be greater than the ones you can have on your kids wow because again what we said we're not the keepers
2: yeah
1: you know our job is to love them and to help help prepare them for the future by, by investing character and values and virtue into their lives. But I don't have to do the discipline. I don't have to do the, the daily stuff. I can just love them where they're at. And it's just a great opportunity to, to, to mold a young mind and spirit.
2: We are um, pretty in, uh, well as a teacher trainer though, Patrice, you'll appreciate this. I, when everybody goes, Oh, you get to spoil them. Every I watched the four younger. Now I used to watch the older two one day a week. My daughter said, we want you to be the grandma, not, the daycare. And they used to clap when they'd come around the corner going to my house. I love that. Well, they also don't get away with everything here. I mean, they there's rules in grandma's house. And when in Rome, you do as the Roman. And I don't want to send bratty kids home. No. I want to send, I follow whatever training they're doing, whatever discipline they're doing, um, but it's easy. There, you know, I don't have to like Al said. We don't have to do the hard stuff. Mm-hmm. We also don't yeah. overspoil them. We guess. don't overfeed
1: them sugar. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, and we don't overspoil them. We have a lot of fun. We spoil them with time. That's what I say. Time.
0: Mm. And in doing this, you're honoring your children, right? <laughs> That's a way to honor your children by not undermining them with their children, as we right. reinforce their own values. There's something that you guys do. I talk about it all the time. I learned this from Al, your husband. Uh, you guys budget family vacation, um, and it's part of your budget. It's, it keeps growing, right? Because mom and dad, and and that has been a great way to keep the family together. It's almost like a bribe, and and I talk about it all the time, and I thought I said, listen, but and you know, now as our children growing up. You know, we, we're, we're already planning and so okay, when they get married, we're going to keep doing this. It's always going to be on us. Talk about good. that. How, what good. gave you this idea to both of you and and, and how, and tell us what, what that looks like, what it means, the impact. And of course, it does break the bank. It was a
1: process trying to understand how to take a good vacation and spend family time together. And over the years, we learned different things. But uh, one of the things that I always wanted was a a second home place to get away and relax. And as I prayed about it, God continued just to press upon me. No, He didn't want us, He did. That wasn't part of our path to have a second home. But I also wanted to make it a memory. So what we ended up doing was uh, creating family vacations in nice places where the kids could come, you know, for no cost and just have a great
0: time. We talk oh, about no, how not just the kids, but their their husbands. Oh, and there this is the grandchildren.
2: And 14 of us go on these trips and they've changed. Yeah. I think we used to change. I used to spend a lot of time trying to find a home, VRBO, rent someone's beautiful home that I then could turn the key and leave. But it got more difficult because when you have married children, one thing you want is everybody to sleep well. The vacation goes better when everyone has the bed they're used to or whatever. Well, I worked hard at that. And then we found the kids liked it most. When we just took our 20-year-old boat down to Tennessee, I rented the same home. And um, we've taught all our grandkids to ski. And nobody, we never leave the home. And I take all the food. I make the dinners ahead freeze. And everybody just shows up and that's what we found worked the best cuz they wow. really said we just want to be in one home together wake up in the morning in our t-shirts swimsuits and never leave and we spent 7 days that way
0: wow this also speaks of the 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 heart the culture you both have created where it's not about the bling and the bling mm-hmm. but it's about the family being together yeah Wow,
2: he's offered to help with the food or whatever. And I said, here's the deal. You do the You do it when we get there and you do the cleanup when we're there. And that and everybody works together. You have your night. Everybody has a night. And now the grandkids are like, when are we going back to Tennessee? Oh, the
0: grandkids want to do two weeks. You know, they yeah. can we stay another week? Can we know? stay? Well, another way to reinforce the family values without creating pressure, because the reality is this, particularly for business families. Is as the children grow, now the threat of the values being eroding. Right. And you need to create that forum that they want to be a part of that helps to reinforce and pass it on, you know, going back to the old family reunion tradition. And that's kind of what you've done.
1: It, it, we did it. We didn't do it so much intentionally. We kind of just kind of fell into this because it seemed to be what was working best. But it's actually so much simpler. We talked to people who have second homes and are always talking about. Maintenance and upkeep, and talk doing this and that. I like go. We go in. We spend our week. We have a great time. We go home.
2: Well, and as a result, <laughs> last year Al said, "Let's surprise the kids and do a second one." And we took them on a four-day family cruise before COVID, and um, made a different, you know, made kind of a spur them. And we'd love to take them to Italy someday, and they know that. But we found moving locations wasn't as important to them. Wow. We are very fortunate, Patrice. All three of our girls married men that are not about the money.
0: Yeah. I love it. Let's now conclude with the business transition. And I know, Al, you back in. <laughs> and uh, and so, so the kids have transitioned. Uh, but now you got your first baby. <laughs> Yeah, the because the business I think came before the children, wasn't it? I mean, you were an entrepreneur before mm, the first yeah, child. Was.
2: Jenny was an infant.
0: Oh, okay. she was an infant. Yes. Yeah. So let's talk about this season, and and because obviously there are several transitions. You've got one season where it was all about the grind. Right. And then a season where you could, what we call in Nehemiah, the business is sustainable, where you have systems and people and right. you can kind of be more vision focused. And and then there's that next season, what we call succession, where you're not thinking about, okay, I'm not going to live forever. Okay. And you know who's that? So let's first deal with the season of sustainability where systems and people and the business all grown up and, and right. it didn't require you. So I know you guys are, are there, past there already. How was that season like uh, when you got there, and and what impact was that have on you, Kathy? Where he could leave that the business was an adult <laughs> when it when that happened.
1: You know, God again. God took us through that. Back in nineteen ninety five, uh, we began to try to transition. I made a goal to spend fifty percent of my time outside the business, and uh, for. Over a decade, I traveled internationally, as you know, um, visiting every business as mission organization or group I could find in the world and trying to serve them. So during that season, I really uh, uh, delegated the, the business to some to some leaders. Now, those guys have retired. And what we didn't we weren't able to do is actually create up a succession after them the way that we really would like. So just recently, I got back involved to do that again, which surprised me. I thought I'd kind of got that done. So I don't think succession is ever really done till it's completely done, till you release the authority and the ownership. Uh, but I really felt like God told me a couple of years ago that He still wanted me engaged, um, and I had pretty much laid it down, Patrice.
2: When we started traveling internationally, that's when we felt that. I mean, we even had a ceremony kind of passing it on to these gentlemen that we believe were in place. But after about a decade, they actually asked Al to come back. That they had a lot, I mean, the business was growing and they wanted him back in. And so,
0: it was, so it's not like they hurt the business, it's just things kept growing, but they realized that they still needed Al. Is that kind of
2: Well, um, yeah, yeah. and and the culture, we needed to really focus on the culture again. Sometimes when you're growing, you just don't want to lose the culture. So when Al came back, that was part of what he did, and they worked as a trio. Um, But then they're our age, so they had already hired a young man that we, young, 10 years younger, that we were looking to be the one who now is in the place of he is our succession. So, and is doing an amazing job with the culture. So the people Al had de- delegated to actually helped find the man that is now running the. Product.
1: But I think of succession, Patrice. I started working on it, you know, 45 years ago, yeah. 35 years the ago. <laughs> I don't think it's too early to start thinking about it, but I don't, it's, it's kind of like a uh, retirement plan. You make the plan, but you never stop planning. I think succession is the same way. Until you
0: actually pull the trigger and you release the authority, you really haven't released it. And I, I- love it. And you made a point that we teach those our clients who are in succession coaching is, is two dimension, right? Authority, leadership succession, and ownership succession. Right. And what's interesting, you guys have probably discovered this as well. Oftentimes, we want to reward people by transferring ownership. But we don't realize there's a psychology to ownership. Yeah, and, yeah. And it's a weight and and it's 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 a killer if somebody's not psychologically prepared of what it means and the implication. So that must be done with care. And it's not necessarily a, a reward that should be passed out lightly. Because right. if they don't have the mind of an owner, no matter how much you give them, you will hurt in the process and hurt the business. And of Perfect. course, leadership is the same way. So uh, we're going to have a whole nother session with you and just talking about this process of succession. but, but Kathy, for you, as you've gone from this season to season, what has that meant for you as a wife and for your marriage, as you've kind of watched your husband navigate through these seasons?
2: Well, I would say prayer. <laughs> I'll tell you prayer was critical through a lot of this. And, um, I, um, And you have to be careful we're in a small town so there were i I couldn't talk to too many people about different things I, i do have a prayer partner that i can trust but um i would say the transition i love that al's a delegator he he likes helping other people become successful but i also like that god gave us a peace when he came back in and the grace to do that And I have been thrilled. And plus this adopted son that I talked to you about that we have in the business, he's been an amazing blessing. So for me, I just have been that, I hope, and I would say, I think that I have been an incredible support as he has navigated this through prayer and our discussions. Um, Again, he's very open with me and I'm very, and I'm on the, I'm actually on the board So without having all my other responsibility, I was able to attend board meetings. So I've been much more involved that way. And he's now just he's the chairman and I'd only I'm a board member. But it's been a delight to watch the man in charge now that God brought us to carry on our culture, because our people and our employees are always what is my heart. How are they feeling? How are they being treated? And he's done an amazing job through covid. Absolutely amazing. I
1: think the big thing, Patrice, is that as things have changed, I've been home a lot more. And,
2: you oh, know, well, that's another you, you get into a whole <laughs> rhythm.
1: You can get into a rhythm of dealing with life, you know, and making the best out of it. But then, like, everyone had them home. And that probably for us was the biggest adjustment as the day to day responsibilities led up is the fact that our lives now are more intertwined than they were before. Wow. Even when
2: we would travel, he would come home and I'd realize. Hey, wait a minute. I'm enlarging in charge here. Back off. you know. But I'd have to make room for him. He'd make a decision with the girls and I go, whoa, wait a minute. You haven't even been here. I mean, those are things we said to each other, not in front of the kids. I
0: love it. It's like, uh, Al, he in this house, I'm the CEO. <laughs> All right, You are one of the workers, buddy. You know, get, get, get he's
2: always let the home be my domain. Go sit in the corner <laughs> for
0: a minute. You get <laughs> <your> now, <laughs> I, I, I have one couple where, when he's they're now in complete retirement, uh, you know, they 80 years old, but uh, so with them, um, when he was doing his transition, the wife actually made him get an office out of the house. Um, because she liked him being away from the house yeah. at the time. So was that a discussion, Um Al? I, keep your office, because I kind of... Was I having a discussion for you guys?
2: I've already said that, yeah, especially we... with COVID. Now, he's real sensitive. If I'm going to be around I a lot... I am not.
1: I'm not that sensitive. Well,
2: no. <laughs> we, we started to talk about the fact that, okay, I'm going to be gone this afternoon. So if you have three Zoom calls, go ahead. But when he's on the phone, Patrice, if he's not on a Zoom, he is pacing our home and it's not that big. And I'm like going, you know, go somewhere else. So I have said, no matter what, keep your office, even if you're not in charge of anything out there. Keep your office.
0: Because <laughs> I mainly just send you there sometimes. <laughs> yeah, right.
2: Well, and he probably likes going there sometimes too. He doesn't want to hear yeah. me doing my things here. <laughs>
1: yeah, being together all the time is not all that great either. I
0: know. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Now, guys, what a fun! Before we, I'm gonna have Al and uh, and Kathy give you guys some advice, some tip. Before we do a little commercial. First of all, my new book, uh, what we're doing here is gonna be turned into a book. So uh, once we finish the podcast with Al and, um, with Al and we're gonna continue with Al. You know, Kathy's gonna leave us. Kathy, we may have you come back, maybe when we finish the whole thing to kind of put the bow on top. You know how, you know, pretty it up a little bit. But the book is gonna be called The Spirit of Innovation. And there's a nice subtitle I, I sent to your husband and he was so non emotional I said, what's wrong with this guy? You know, that's a genius kind of subtitle. He made a statement, I forgot what it was. Uh, he talked about healing, finding the hurt, and healing it. I just love that statement, yeah. You know, and so that so it's going to be this renovation how to heal the hurt of the marketplace because that's what you guys have done.
2: I love it, that's very good. Should I Whoa. be get excited? No, nah, <laughs> you see,
0: see, I should have texted you that, Kathy. I texted the wrong person. <laughs> so, but in my new book, um the MC, there's a little testimony here, um, because AMC is used as an example of a kingdom company. You'll be getting a copy of this in your mail sometimes the next week or so. So please take a look at it. I forgot what page MC is. I think it'll bless you. So um, if you haven't gotten this book, get it. This the, the mc's only like a couple of paragraphs of the MC stories in here. But we are working on the book just featuring Al's journey, how he's been able to heal the hurt of customers and, and the body of Christ as an innovator. With that said, if you want to know more about the CMC Group, uh, the company that Al and Kathy founded and lead, uh, visit them at, at their, on their website at cmcgroup.com, cmcgroup.com. And uh, there you can learn about the CMC Group testimonials about the, the uh, I'm sorry, CMC, cmcgp.com cmcgp.com you can also learn about um how they're you know the employee testimonials you can see great things about what they do all the innovations and so forth also if you want to know more about the nehemiah project uh how we can come alongside you and uh work with you to build your kingdom business visit us at nehemiahecommunity.com, nehemiahecommunity.com. There you can learn about our training program biblical entrepreneurship and learn about our coaching program. You can learn about our Ask the Capital program, which Al was one of the early pioneers in helping us founding members. He was a founding of the e-community. Al, we now have over a thousand members on the e-community. Wow. Isn't that incredible? That's That's great. Great. And Kathy, your husband was one of the first, I think 10, 12 of them, who I reached out. you remember Al? They wrote 1,500 checks, every one of them, without a community. <laughs> that was the start of capital and that helped us. And then also your husband, if you Al, uh, now our fund is $200,000. Your husband gave us the $10,000 seed that helped that to us start that fund. We're giving over a million plus dollar, uh, I'm sorry, 2 million plus dollars away, 2 million dollars, but we have our own fund of $200,000 where you guys have helped see, we thank you for that, appreciate it. So you can learn about that on our website. Also if you wanna become a member of the e-community, you can learn how to become a member of the e-community where you can connect with entrepreneurs from around the world, from Asia, Africa, Europe, Latin America, um, and uh, you, we can all transform the world together. With that said, let's have our closing thoughts here. And Kathy, you're gonna do our closing prayer today because we we're gonna see you again until the last episode. So if you, prepare, you don't mind. But, but before Kathy prays for you, um, let me start with you, Al. So one of the things that's interesting about this, your journey, is just how you, how you not only parented the business, but how you parented your children. Um, you know, and, and how you grew in the process and how you allowed the Lord to do it and how you got out of the way, how as the strong will, how you were sensitive to the spirit of God in the process as an entrepreneur. So what advice would you give our men who are watching and listening and they have to lead their family in these trying times. Some have lost businesses, some have, um, have lost jobs, some are still trying to figure out what 2020 will look like as they seek to try to control the deaths in their families. What about could you give them as they try to captain an, the ship in unstable waters with wife and children?
1: Well, thank you for asking. I think as you say that, the thing that comes to my mind, Patrice, is how important it is for your family to know that you love and support them and that they're important in your life. And as we've talked today about our kids, uh, I've been thinking, of, I was thinking about that, that I always saw my kids as valuable and who they are and and valuable and who they were in God's eyes. And I thought, I thought my responsibility was to treat them like I felt my father in heaven was going to treat them. So, you know, we're not perfect. We didn't always do it right. We didn't maybe always do it well, but our heart was to honor them, care for them, and help them to be who God created them to be, not who maybe we wanted them to be or what would our vision for them. And I wanted to help them be confident in who they were as a person, to be comfortable in their own skin. So I think that as a dad, if if you can help your kids to be, get comfortable in their own skin and let you know, let them know that you love them and you'll stand with them no matter what. Everything else I think will will kind of work itself out.
0: Well said, thank you so much for that. Kathy, you have just modeled what the scripture, Proverbs 31, talks about the virtuous woman. Um, you know, from career to home, to partner, to mother, wife, and uh an owner and I know it hasn't been already easy there are women watching and listening and they've had to navigate those things in their lives and now with the uncertainty that's in the air, what advice would you give them as they seek to whether it's the grandparenting, whether it's training to college, whatever it is, what advice would you give them? And then as you finish your advice, could you please uh pray for our listeners as they seek to uh live out what you've uh instructed them to do today.
2: Well, thank you, Patrice. Um, I think we're all in process, so thank you for saying I'm. I, I have virtues of the Proverbs 31 woman, but it's a, it's a day by day thing of staying before the Lord in prayer. How to support your man, uh, that your children grow up seeing your marriage. I always say the best thing you do for your children is have a good marriage. They're watching, they're listening, and even as a grandparent, we honor each other. We respect each other. And we always respected our children and weren't too shy to repent when we failed in front of them, with them, and then pray. So prayer to me is critical. And um, just showing one another the love, having grace for one another. Let's face it. We all have our, we let our guard down when we're home and people say, oh, your kids are well-behaved. And you like to say, well, you ought to see them at home. It's because that's how we all are, you know, but let's love and have grace for one another, especially in these times where we're um, navigating things that have never been navigated before. So these young, young women and older women that are watching their husbands deal with change.
1: What are your three Ps?
2: Oh, be patient, be peaceful and be prayerful and really support your man at this time, especially because Men and women need to feel they have value. And if they've lost a job or they don't know what their future holds, it's hard to keep your eyes on believing God is providing and for you. But you certainly can be an encouragement and love your man. So, wow.
0: Kathy, is going to be boring without you.
2: No, it'll be great. It'll be great. You won't have me interrupting him.
0: <laughs> Pray for <laughs> us, please.
2: Father, we do thank you, Lord. We thank you for the work that you planned before the beginning of time for each one of us. Everyone on this podcast has a purpose that was destiny from you, Lord. I just pray for this time we're living in that has never, it's historic. But God, I pray for everyone listening. I pray for ourselves. I pray for Patrice and his incredible ministry, his training, That your word will come forth, your truth will remain, and that we will hold on to what is unshakable in these trying times in our world, in our country, because you are unchanging, God. So, Lord Jesus, I pray that peace and patience, grace and love over all of us as we day by day seek to follow the King. In Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Amen. Kathy, thank you so much. Al, thank you. God bless both of you. Guys, thank you. Your
2: delight, Patrice. Thank
0: you. (laughs)